Indianapolis Center, do you have any test operation restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Area 31, continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac 1-1 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But let's get the bad news over first. Okay, girls, get ready. You might want to sit down and start fanning yourself because... No one one tonight. How are they going to handle it? I had no, no idea. No idea. Well, they'll save on wipes tonight, maybe. Well, that's maybe. true. They're, they're, running, <laughs> they're running out of them at the stores, I hear. So this might be a good thing. Okay, but here's the double barrel one. Gills, Mills, and Gigi Gills. No cocoa either. No cocoa. No! We might as well go home. I was going to say, let's, uh, let's just watch a We're football game. We're flying blind. You know what? I am home. Oh, he is? All right, Switchy. And so is Raven. You look like you're in the woods there. I don't know. So anyway, so uh, that means that it's his night to shine because it means that uh, our national correspondent moves one, two steps up the totem pole up there in Battle Creek, Michigan, home of Flakes, Switchblade Steve Ward, Switchy. I wonder if there's something I can do, some kind of subterfuge to make this uh, permanent. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, oh, I'm just really? uh, thinking wow. uh, you know, out loud. Right. But, uh, I'm doing uh, uh, Beyond Wonderful, Mac. Okay, good to know. And glad to be here. Okay, you still get Fair the beard? Enough. Fair enough, Switch. Yeah, beard looks good. Still looking uh, very um, elitist. Should I say that? Kind of infant, you know, up there, the academic world. Uh, like, listen, I, I, I never, never forget the little people, no matter how little and tiny and insignificant they really? may be. Okay, see, he's got a heart of gold, doesn't he? Uh, listen, uh, let's go to our, as quickly as we can to our security chief. We might need some security tonight. Willie Clark. I think so, Mac. I'm, I'm kind of concerned uh, what I'm hearing already from yep. Bad vibe. Switch. You yep. know, he seems like he's looking power play here. Something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Me, Whitey. I'm with you. A lot, a lot, a lot of built the banker in Switch lately. You know what I mean? Like it's, hey, look. Some cats got it and some cats don't. Wow. You know, it's See? just the, the way the dice rolls. You know what I mean? Someone needs is a hug. Is that new hairpiece bothering you? Or is it getting, you know, like, <laughs> oh, something on No, it? actually, I, I found that double-sided duct tape keeps it right in place. All right. Know, this, high winds. See? He's MacGyver as well. No, I thought you might have a burr underneath that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay, look. <laughs> Why don't we go down south to our southern correspondent, Jocko Johnson. Jojo. Yes, sir. How you doing? Jojo. I love the name. Jojo. Good. That's my little nephew's name. He's, Is it really? Uh, yeah. Little guy. He's autistic, and he's a great little guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, little Jojo. Cool. I'm happy with that. That was my grandfather's name. He's like 75 yeah. years old. People call him Jojo. Anyway. Hey, got it for the streets, baby. Hey, he was, uh, yeah. I hear you. He, I know uh, he, you have to say anything. 
about years and years, he used to live with us when we were kids, right? And he died probably, I was in the fourth grade. Joe Joe Maloney, that's how I got my last name. And years later, my mother said, you know, he always carried a gun with him. I go, what? Yeah, he, he always was packing a pistol because he was a car salesman during the Depression, and he sold the getaway car to Sacco and Vanzetti, the famous bank robbers. Cool. The, yeah, yeah. So he got threats in his life, and he had, he had to testify. So he, you know, got threats in their life. That was a really nutty situation down there in the 30s with these anarchists knocking off banks and so on. And uh, so, yeah, he carried a gun with him uh, from then until like, apparently the day he died. And we lived in his house. Never in a million years would you have thought that there was a gun in there. You know how you said, Jocko, you put the bullets oh, over yeah. here and the gun over there. And yeah, so anyway, yeah, that was, so that's Jojo. So that's my right. grandfather, Jojo, your Jojo, and oh, also my. little Jojo, your grandson, right? My, uh, no, nephew. Nephew, okay. I will say we my, should send this. Uh, I think I said cousin, that's wrong. My nephew, my brother's son. What is, how old is he? How old is he? He is about eight right now, I okay. believe. Well, you should send him some swag, man. All right, fine. Send, yeah, send I, got to, I, got, I got coasters, but I don't think he yeah, needs okay. that. <laughs> well, you never know. Hang on to him. I, I'll tell you this. I lived with my grandpa, and mm-hmm. he was a police inspector when he retired. Mm. And uh, he always had a gun as well. Yeah, wow. Well, and my grandma would kind of take it off him and hold it and just put it in the drawer without you know, even touching it when well, he came home at night. You know? Well, my grandfather did a good job of keeping it for us because there was like four kids roaming that house continuously searching our parents' places and stuff, you know, looking yeah. for stuff. And well, one day I could tell you the story how when I was in bed and I hit a screen getting cut on my house. Yes. Run around the back and. We exchanged a little action there in the driveway. Good thing I had my nine millimeter. Wow, yeah. Shots fired. And another oh yeah. Oh. Back and forth, you know. Oh. And then there was another guy in the driveway who went into the garage and stole like the stealing stuff. And they're walking down the driveway. And it was just after I had my first knee surgery, so I was really kind of hobbling. Go ahead. And the guy walks up to me and I said, I pulled my gun on him. I said, All right, freeze uh so and so on the ground, let's go. This is just me. I told my wife, you know, make the call go ahead. I'm out there. Yep. And uh, I can't chase him. You know what I mean? Right. So they go down. One goes down. The other guy looks at me. It's like says two choice words, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I just took my pistol and wrapped him in a push. Oh, man. yeah. And pistol whip. Cool. Just at that time, just <laughs> at that moment, the radio car comes yeah. screeching in the driveway because, you know, it's a cop needing help. Next yeah, day, yeah. one, two, three, four, five cars. Everybody. I'm like, holy cow. Boys, it's under control. Wow, cool. The boss gets out. He, the boss gets out. He looks at him. The captain shows up. <laughs> he says, "Off duty incident, eh? What happened to him?" I said, "Who's trying to get up those steps? I don't know. He must have slipped or something. That's a wiping of blood off yeah, my yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slippery steps." And he says, "Okay, we got it." He goes, "Come back to the station after tomorrow morning. Fill out the rest of the paperwork. We'll handle it." Wow, that's funny. Yeah, All right, Jocko. So, that was that was Brooklyn. That's why I had to leave. Yeah, you're like freaking Batman there, dude. Yeah, that's why you had to leave. Okay, so listen. That, that would be that'd be a perfect reality show, better than the the housewives, really? real housewives of of Sausalito or whatever I, I, the heck it is. Jocko was so better than that. There was a guy next well, door to us that rented the second floor. And he was a cop when I was a kid. Okay. And he's here's somebody one night and he's shooting out the window with his buddies. They're all up there drinking, playing poker. And they're shooting out the back window in the garage, in the backyard. They yes. think the guy next door is trying to break into his garage. Oh, fuck. Like I'm living in a wild Sorry. west here, you know? Yeah, it's Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, that would be a good it was a, It was a nice neighborhood. Yeah, I'm sure. It's probably cost about a million dollars an apartment there now, the way that they've you know, changed things. But anyway. That's what the houses are going for. That's another show. You know what? I need my special effects for because uh, I have to. I have to introduce the beauty among the beasts, and we're already many minutes into the show, so we have to apologize. Raven is with us. Have favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven, 
How are you? Hi, my friends. I'm so good. Thanks for having me. Sorry you had to go through that long, 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 you know, pre-introduction. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. That's, That's totally a pilot fine. for a TV show. It really is, yeah. You want to write it, Switch? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, it. we'll punch it up a bit. Punch you know, Mac write it, baby. We'll have, uh, you know, instead of just uh, wrapping them in the face with your, uh, you know, your pistol, maybe, well, 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 we'll work it out. Okay. Well, what do you what do you suggest? What do you want? To, go through a few drafts. Want to hand one his machete or something? Bloody? Is that what you want? I got that. Well, you know, everybody gets hit in the face with a gun in these things. It's got to be something. Oh, that's uh, true. Cooler. Well, you, you have know. to cool if you're going to. Not that it's pretty cool, but you know, if you're going to pistol whip someone, got to punch it up. Jocko show and tell tonight. Jocko show and tell. Yeah, there Marine, it is. Yeah. The new okay. Marine Corps fighting knife. Oh, cool. All right. Second edition. <laughs> oh, I got to come out with New York. Wow. Wow. Okay. You okay, K-Bar? You know? I'll tell you, we yeah. saw on the top, a Bowie on the tip. They got a little serrated thing down here. This and is, right uh, I think. Well, this is Military X-Files. I was going to say, tonight's show, we're all, we're carrying carrying heavy, as they say in The Sopranos, right? It's like we're all loaded up, ready to go. I, I don't know anything about it. All right, there we go. So listen, so while, this is our show tonight. Um, we're going to have a report from Raven about a very, very creepy subject. If you want to get a head start on us Google uh, Raven. What's the name of the painting again, please? The hands resist him. And there's a weird story. Oh man, is it, first of all, it's a creepy painting, and the, and the way it came to, you know, uh, be created also a creepy story. Creepy stories falling around, but you just look at the painting, and you go, what's going on here? It's anyway. Uh, so Google that, and we'll be doing a uh, Raven will be doing a report on that in just a little while. Also, we're going to be talking to uh, Jocko Johnson, who is here with his report on. Weird weather and how weather affects our wars uh, in uh, U.S. Uh, military history. Um, in the previous show, we talked about how it was a, a huge evacuation that George Washington had to pull off during the Revolutionary War. Oh, we would have lost the war and we'd all be eating, you know, crumpets and drinking tea now. Um, so what he did was he he put Ooh. his entire arms on. Wow, the first, that would be horrible. Look off. That was a uh, you know, ten seconds of silence there. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, and he, he moved an entire army across, like, uh, you know, the, from Brooklyn to Manhattan or vice versa because this mysterious fog came up. I mean, it was just like this thing that never happened before, hasn't happened since, but it helped him win the re Revolutionary War, you know. So we're going to be talking about uh, two more cases, cases like that weird war, weird weather in uh, war in U.S. military history. And then uh, we're going to uh, switch. He's going to do a Tales from the French. And tonight it's about uh, Charles Fort. Charles Fort, yes. Yeah. That's the guy that they named when you see things called Fort, Fortinian. Fortunian? Well, how do they say that, Switchy? Uh, Fortiana. Forti what? Fortiana. I was really, really off. Yeah, so those are things that he, he came out with a, a bunch of like theories and thoughts and stuff like that, and, and a lot of them line up. Um, well, we'll be talking about it tonight, but you know, if, you, if you're Didn't a Didn't they name uh, Fort Dix after him? It's Fort Dix. Hang on. All right, here we go. 18, uh, 1850. And, and. There are some really, uh, I'm going to get into some of his great quotes, and just one now, just a, a teaser. He said, I think we are property. But there are many, many good quotes. Wow. If, if people know what he wrote about, they get an idea of why he was talking about we were property. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, yeah, yeah. We were, how, how long, when did, when did he die? He's dead, right? The 30s, yeah. Oh, he died in the 30s? Yes. Oh, yes. He, uh, uh, the first book was... Uh, 
the uh, the uh, Book of the Damned. Yes, and that was came out about nineteen. Uh, uh, 15, I think. Oh, wow. That bad. No, no, no. 1919, maybe, but I'll, I'll double check my notes. Huh. But that was, that's uh, that long ago, he, he had, uh, uh, you know, he had been accumulating all kinds of, uh, yeah, weird stories. He, he became fascinated by oddities and mysteries and started accumulating them. He was living in poverty for a while, but uh, we'll get, get into it more. We'll get into, he was a kind of a, uh, a troublemaker as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but eventually he really, you know, he, he influenced so many people from, uh, yeah, yeah. from John Keel to the, the, uh, the, the Fordian society, Tiffany Thayer started that, uh, just, uh, his influence is, is phenomenal. Mm. And he was treated by some a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Velikovsky too. Uh, Emmanuel Velikovsky who wrote worlds in collision, who was viciously attacked by the establishment. Wow. Okay, sounds like fun. We'll put some music behind it, okay? So that, that dramatic- Listen, you, you haven't arrived until you've been attacked by the establishment. Right, you ain't kidding. All right, good switch. We can't wait for that to come up. So why don't we do this? We're going to take a short break now, and uh, we'll come back with our top ten list. But before we do that, I have two questions for Raven. So, Raven, first of all, we're getting emails and texts. What are you drinking tonight? Please tell everyone. Uh, I have raspberry jammin um, from Beer Tree. Okay, it's a crowler, so it's a it's a big boy. A big boy, um, and it's five point two percent, and it's a it's a pretty little um, red color. Oh wow, well, raspberries. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, that's great. Yeah, it is a big. That's a big can. That looks like uh, like a can you'd get like oil in for your car or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or a big energy drink. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Like the old Foster's Lager. He's going. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Too bad you couldn't drink that stuff. It was terrible. But. Yeah, you were a kid. You didn't care. Uh, here's the, here's the, uh, here's the, here's the, hey, Jocko, I was a discerning kid. What do you mean? You know, we used to. Probably when you were like 14, who cared? 14? I'm talking about yeah, seven or eight. No, no. Seven or eight, we were turning down like Black Label. We'd steal my uncle's. I, say, uh, I, was, I was, I was only saying about, <laughs> talking about this one particular beer. Okay. So anyway, so uh, Raven, question number two. This came from a fan who doesn't want to be identified. But he said, ask Raven why at a um, family get-together, that involved little kids. You chose to show the movie Erase Ahead. Okay, so they weren't super little though. They're one of them is only like uh, two months old. Okay, so, or should we explain old. what She's Erase Ahead is for those that don't? May not well, know. we should then. Yeah, we, was, we yeah. probably should. Yeah, um, um, it's a great movie. <laughs> okay, all right. There's one expression. There's one side. David Lynch. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's it's um, creepy. It's cr- it's creepy. Like all the stuff he does, it's just so creepy and effed up. You know. Uh, I love it. Uh-huh. I love it. No, I've only seen. Parts but we. I don't even know how we got on the subject of it. We just all started talking about it, and I really wanted to watch White Christmas, and everyone threw a fit. So I said, "Then I'm going to put on a racer head." So that's what I did, oh, and wow. nobody complained. <laughs> Except for my niece. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. All right. You know, the kid might, uh, you know, grow up and appreciate stuff like that. Or this is years of therapy to look ahead to. So anyway, why don't we do this? Why don't we take that commercial break now? And uh, you'll be right back after this. Uh, we'll be right back after this. You'll see Mac Maloney's Miltrax on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. Imagine you knew what was going to happen two seconds before it happened. Imagine you lived with the world's most beautiful supermodel. Imagine you drove a Jaguar with machine guns behind the headlights. Well, it's time to stop dreaming and start reading about Navy Lieutenant Chris Starr, hero of Mac Maloney's new best-selling paranormal detective series, Codename Starman. 
Who murdered the most beautiful tea girl in San Diego? Who's bombarding a small Massachusetts town with heavy artillery on Christmas Eve? Who's causing the mass murder of terrorists in the jungles of Africa? These are the cases Lieutenant Chris Starr must solve in the Kalashnikov Kiss, the first book in Matt's exciting new series, codenamed Starman. Follow the Starman as he uses his psychic abilities to crack cases the U.S. Navy has declared too unusual. Find out why the Pentagon calls him the X-Files guy. And what is the wormhole anyway? To find out, get your own tomato can and be ready for action, strange adventures, paranormal activity, and lots of cover models. In Codename Starman, The Kalashnikov Kiss by Mac Maloney. On sale now at Amazon and your local bookstore. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Sound Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Um, this is really getting the Beatles back together because no JJ, no CC. That means the next in the picking order is Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. Great to be here tonight. Okay. Do you feel like you're on top a little bit more than usual? <laughs> uh, can you uh, explain okay. what you mean, Mac? I'm going to reword that. Okay. Uh, you're next in command, man. You're like the vice president. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's, does that mean if uh, you get absconded or abducted by wild Amazons, I fill in your place? Uh, yes, it does. That's exactly okay. what's going to happen. Are there any wild Amazons out there? Uh, that's the problem. You know, if we can fill in that blank, we got something going. Okay, so listen. Switchy's here and also um, our security chief. Willie Club is here. A.K. Whitey Meldrum. Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. How you doing? Uh, so far, so good. Right, I'm doing great tonight. I, I can feel really? another big night. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's good. Is it because uh, there's no Coco and no JJ? No, it's because of uh, our partner there with the hippies, second in command now. Oh, ooh, yeah. I know it. Okay. He feels he feels more secure now. Yeah. Okay. I do. Wow. I do. Yeah. Wow. Mothman's on our side. <laughs> oh, listen. Ah. All I can say is meow. Um, Jocko Johnson, our Southern correspondent down there. Jocko. Yeah, I'm down there. I'm here. Man, he's well-dressed. It's like in the 40s. I don't like it. You're well, in the 40s, like 40 below here. Listen, you're well-dressed. It looks like you're, you're dressed in like a, uh, almost like a, a, a crew member's suit or something. What are you wearing there? My, uh, my Rangers uh, coach's outfit. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Rangers. Are they still, are they still playing hockey? The yeah, they, hey, listen, uh, the Rangers are number one in the NHL right now. Well, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for a day. No, that's fake news. It's been for about a week or so. <laughs> for a day. <laughs> a couple of weeks going back and forth. They're playing really? great. Hey, listen, I could never, I couldn't, if the Rangers suddenly became good again, I'd be the happiest guy in the world because there were times we don't want to go down don't. this road. But man, back in, you know, the Bobby Wood days and everything, when they oh, play yeah. the Rangers, oh, yeah. oh my goodness. It Derek was, Sanderson, the rubber chicken? The word. Oh, How yeah. do we let Rattel and Park go? Come on, for Esposito. Yeah, no, he still lives up near where we live. He lives in uh, Amesbury, which is the uh, next town over from Newburyport. He runs a ski place up in, uh, you know, that place club off of uh, 93, just as you get to the gas works there in Amesbury. Yeah. yeah that's, that's yeah, Brad Park owns that place. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, he's lived up here for a long time. So anyway, okay. Sorry, Raven, for the second time. Sorry, 
because it was such a long, long, long way to introduce you. But here we are. How are you tonight? Raven, a good friend, a good, a favorite good witch, also a good friend, I hope. Sideways New York, Raven. I hope we're good friends. Yes. I'm doing really good. You know, I'm just chilling. Okay. Now, we did have some bad news, though. Your cat clock broke. What? Yep. Yeah, it's not working. Hey, wait a minute. And that tail isn't I, moving? It looks like the tail's moving to me, no? No. No? I don't know. No, I work no. right no, over he, behind me, and I haven't seen it move all week. Okay. He's did you change your batteries? Yeah. Probably needs a battery. There's a long, yeah, probably. There's a whole backstory to this clock. Raven. Yeah. It, Raven. It's, it's really a whole thing. Yeah, so okay. it's like changing the batteries is aggravating to me. <laughs> Raven, it has a hairball. <laughs> uh, Raven, I hate to be the one to tell you, but I'm experiencing this kind of situation. Uh -oh. I've seen a lot of stiffs, you know what I mean? He's joined the toe tag hall of fame. <laughs> That's Jocko's way of telling you that there's no hope for the cat clock. There's hey, no listen, way to say it. It's don't give up. There's no don't, way to say it. Don't give up. I, I agree. <laughs> anyway, so look at before we get to our top ten of the night. Okay, whether we, we may or may not use on the ear, depending on the response, we have to go to the skew of the show. It uh, back to Switchy. People want to know, Switch, what did you have for breakfast this morning? This morning I had steak and eggs. Mm. JJ, this is for you, buddy. Whoa. Yeah, nice. The astronauts breakfast. Okay. Why and where? Where and where and why? Uh, in my kitchen. Oh, you cooked it? Well, I I, uh, I cooked a, a steak uh, uh, the day before, yes. and I it was a good size, Go so I uh, saved part of it. And I heated that up this morning and I cooked a couple of uh, scrambled eggs. Wow, huh? Uh, along with some uh, hot black coffee. Yes. And uh, that that was it. No frills. I put a little bit of a little bit of shredded cheese in the uh, in the eggs. Ooh, yeah, just yeah. Up. and uh, jazz it up. But nothing nothing else. Uh, nothing fancy. Wow, huh? And uh, so, what'd you do? Watch uh, ABC Good Morning uh, while you ate this, or was it noon? Was it noonish by this time? Yeah, it was getting uh, getting a little bit later. Uh, I don't I don't know if I uh, I don't know if I put anything on TV or not. I was uh, I was concerned about my uh, uh, making notes for tonight's pro my, tonight's show. Really? Yeah. You, yeah. It was yeah. on your so mind that early in the morning. Nice. Really? Okay. All right. Good. Yeah, my show notes. See my show notes. I don't have any show notes. Should I have show notes? I got notes? it right. I got it right here, baby. Okay, right. That's where I got it. So wow. I, when I when all those morning shows are on, yeah, I'm inspecting the inside of my eyelids for holes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no, uh, they're terrible, no man. Sorry. I used to watch them all the time. Now they're off. But that's another road. So okay, Switchy, the astronauts' breakfast, steak and eggs. That's what they would give to them before they blasted them off into space. Very high in protein. Yep. And low residue, as they say. So, listen, why don't we go then to uh, our top 10 list? Let's see. Okay. Raven, you have the top 10 list, right? I do. Okay. Do you want to read the title of it? I can just barely remember. <laughs> uh, top 10 reasons uh, Cobra should play Superman in the movies. Okay. Top 10 reasons why Coco should play Superman in the movies. Now, they're looking for yet another Superman. How many guys have been Superman since Christopher Reeve? At that least five, right? He, jeez, uh, I don't even know. Yeah, too many. It doesn't matter. matter. So <laughs> now they're going to, right, it doesn't matter because they're, they're, the Superman movies are not good, you know? No, that's like the thing. They're terrible. They're terrible, <laughs> you know? And all I would say, and I've said this before, all you got to do is get someone who either used to read the comic books as kids or read the comic book and kind of get, get, get the idea 
and then just film the comic book story. As dumb as it is, as you know, he'd be flying around in some little town, America, or whatever, or meteors, you know, just and just do it according to like one of the stories, not making up. You know, you, you go through, you know, how he was born, how he came to the planet five, six times. Why do you have to explain that again? He's Superman. Everyone knows. Anyway, well, I like that because Marlon Brando was his father. Right. Th- th- yes. Okay. That was. Yeah. That's when it was good. Okay. Yeah, I like way, that way back then. It was way better then. I didn't really like them then, but compared to the stuff they put out now. Yeah, but here's here's the problem. Even even with that one, they they when they uh, back then, when they went to the villains, they, they still had this heavy influence from the Batman TV show, which was pure camp. Right. I mean, it worked for what it was, but they would they made the the villain Lex Luthor like a clown. He right. wasn't, you know. Superman was pretty cool. The uh, Daily Planet stuff was a little corny, but then they went off the off the cliff. And then with the first uh, Batman flick with Michael Keaton, yep. Michael Keaton was fine as Batman. Yep. But the, the Joker, yeah, they, had, they, they did the that Batman was kind of the Dark Knight persona, yep. which was cool. But then the the Joker was sort of like the TV Joker, yeah. silly and and, and well, Jack Nicholson, you know, you know acting up a friggin' Storm for no reason, right? I was right. Thinking. So you have to the, the the first guy actually to treat villains right in that kind of a general setting was George Lucas with the first Star Wars flick. Those, those villains mm. were villains. They weren't, I mean, you had humor throughout the, uh, where it, it was uh, needed throughout yep. the film, Go ahead. but man, Darth Vader and his buddies, yep. they were no good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they blow up planets yes, of yeah, people yeah, yeah. that were peaceful. Yeah. We were peaceful. <laughs> They're people. in the way. They're in man. the way. Yes. Thank right. you, Cisco and Ebert. Yeah. Enough to curl your hair. In, in, well, yeah. Yeah. Wow. He's, get easy, switchy. I'm he's, good. He's, he's good. worth about $15 billion, okay. right. that guy. $15, $16, 17000000000 billion, George Lucas. Wow. And when he directs a movie, you know, he never directs the actors. Ever hear that? He cannot direct. No. He cannot direct. So he's, Who does it? He, he has, like, an assistant director or, like, one of the writers or, you know, he, he works his way around them. But he will literally say, uh, okay, you know how to do it, you know, uh, you know, do it the way he did and then start the camera. He cannot. He does not direct people. Where Alfred Hitchcock, you know, move them every square inch. You know what I mean? He'd have them placed like, yeah, yeah. So anyway. and then he takes the credit for it, right? But you know what, man? Yeah. He, he Hitchcock them. didn't make fifteen billion. I mean, give That's the guy true. some credit. Yeah, you ain't <laughs> no work, no work, big reward. Right. We should uh, do a do a segment on him sometime because he was a very creepy individual, Alfred Hitchcock. Like, did, did he coin the term MacGuffin? Yes, MacGuffin. Right. MacGuffin okay. is the thing in a lot of his stories. It's like you know the the um, the bag of gold. Thing, you know the, the thing. Yeah, the thing they're pursuing. It was right. uh, radium dust or whatever right, in yeah, Notorious yeah. or something like that. It didn't didn't really mean to ha- have mean anything. It was like right. it was like the Ark was the MacGuffin and right. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's a terrible movie, by the way. But yeah, like uh, the Black Falcon. Same thing. Wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong. Man. Terrible, terrible, yes. terrible movie. What was the name of it anyway? Which one was that? Uh, Indiana Jones and the uh, with the Nazis. and the. Uh, the bath towels at Kmart. Right. Now listen, you know what happens in that movie? Go through the movie, okay? Go through the movie and try not to, you know, shed too many tears. But if you watch the movie, you realize everything that the heroes do have has nothing to do with the end of the movie. Because the Nazis Mac, still— as you know, being a writer, switch. the story is yes. in the telling. Whoever told you that? Who misled you? Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't uh, uh, um, Hawk Hunter ever chase a— uh, What? A— uh, uh, what's, what's the word I want? Watch it, watch it. Um, yes, he did. A, uh, 
a false lead. No, that's not the word I want. No, a red herring. Red herring. A McGovern. A red herring. Red herring. No, it just it 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 takes up time and wastes time, and then everyone says, "Oh man, you know, you don't, you know, you just, you know, bum bum bum." Switch. I'll send you a couple books. You can read them. All right. All right. Cool. (laughs) Do you have the audible versions? Yeah, they do. Just don't listen while driving. You tend to, you know, nod off. They're all abridged, though. They are abridged, which is, yeah, just saves money. Oh, yeah, I know. I've got some of the old cassettes from the old days. Right. Yeah. Anyway, listen, if it hasn't been funny enough already, let's get to the bit. Okay. (laughs) Top 10. Top 10. We started this so long ago talking about Superman. So, Raven, why don't you repeat the name of the bit, please? Top reasons Cobra should play Superman in the movies. Top 10 reasons Coco should play Superman in the movies. Okay, why don't we start the music now? And Raven, right. please. Number, Number 10. He already knows how to fly. See, he already knows Perfect. how to fly, right? Okay, so that's going to go. All right, we'll go through this one quick. Okay, number nine, please, Raven. Uh, with the right wardrobe team and a Kevlar vest, bullets will probably bounce off him. Right, right. Nine out of ten of them will. Anyway, okay, this is going to be quicker than you would. Right, number eight, please. But, but <laughs> if they throw the gun at him, they'll get hurt. That's true. Right. <laughs> number eight, he can bend steel with his bare hands. We saw him do it at one of his parties when he bent a crowbar over Juan Juan's head. It was very <laughs> impressive. There you go. Okay. Bada-bing. Hang on. Thank you, Draco. Jackson, number eight. Uh, next one, please. Number seven, he has his own version of kryptonite, though in his case, it's clowns dressed as hookers, but it still puts him on his ass. <laughs> there you go. Okay. It's still debilitating. All right. It's his kryptonite. Okay. Next, please. Right. Number six, he has a crazy cousin from Chelsea named Bizarro Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Is this on? Okay. I thought that was funny. That's an insider. I, I hate know. to say it, Mac, but you know, this is as funny as Mother's Day at an orphanage. Oh, I was good. I was good, except the last wow. one. High and high, you know, high and inside. I didn't know. And it's nothing I, against Raven. You're doing an excellent job. You're, you're saving it. Wow. Well, I, think, I think that last one was called Artistic License. Where's I want one when I need him to protect me? Okay, let's go on. We'll, do, we'll just make it quick, as quick as possible, please, Raven. Number five, with proper conditioning, he can still fit inside a phone booth. Right, right. You know, if he took off a few of those uh, pounds on his uh, love handles, as they say. Okay, next. Wow, boy, this is going to cost a fortune <laughs> in sweetening up. Go ahead, please, right? Number four, he's more into Lang Lang, but hey, no judgment. <laughs> Lana Lang. Oh, my God. Lana Lang, yes. I was doing such a good <clears throat> job. All right. Okay, Number was that, that that might have been way too inside. <laughs> the club just got it. Okay, next, please. <laughs> Number three. Uh, he already knows how to enter a window on the top floor, feet first. Right, right. We have to assume <laughs> that's true. But remember in the old Superman, Superman would jump out the window, no problem, right? Open up the window, jump out the window like he was diving. But when he would come in, he would never come in head first. He'd come in feet first. It'd be like he... <laughs> How does he make that like maneuver? And like, yeah, that's that's a tough maneuver to pull your legs over. The, you know, how do you do it? I wish they had shown it, you know, in 1951. The guy could, the guy could fly. Yeah, but who knows? Could, yeah, right, right. I'd just like to see it. That's all. Okay, let's he go. fly backwards and forwards. Right. They, they, put the, they had him jumping out, but they just probably reversed it. <laughs> and, you know, tip his wings a bit. Okay. Yes. No, all I'm saying is this, okay? What is the maneuver that you would need? You're usually flying along. Your hands are out in front of you, right? Now you're coming to the building yeah. whose window you're going to go in. 
you have to stop Easy, in the yeah. air and then flip your feet forward and no, jump no. right in. Yeah, you don't you, have to stop. You just bring your feet up and your tuchus up and you're good. Okay. Well, wait, does the, the feet go over the head or the head go over the feet? The head goes no, over no, the no. Feet. The feet feet are under under the head. Okay, so you go that way and then from Okay, all right. Looks it sounds like yeah. switches thought this out. I've done it a million times. Okay. okay. All right, let's go. Yeah. Let's end this train wreck as quickly as possible. Please, Raven. Number two. Number two. Uh, he, I'm uh, sorry, has been in touch with the Mole Man for years. Wow, wow. People have to know the history of the Superman TV show. Now I get it. Yeah. I was scared as a kid of those Mole Men, boy. I hated that look at him. I look. Um, yeah, this is top 10 reasons why Coco should play Superman in the movies. Okay, they're looking for a new Superman for another Superman movie. Good we thing Coco wasn't here tonight. I was going to say, yeah, good thing he's right. Yeah, he'd jump in his car and come down and slap me around or something. Secret mission, baby. Okay. <laughs> this should have been a secret mission. All right, let's go. <laughs> number one. All please. right, and number one, he already owns a cape. He already owns a cape. Baby. They need to cast him right now. He has. He meets the criteria. Wow. Okay. Well, you got connections. Make the call. I'm looking at. You bet. I'm yeah. looking at Club. He's stunned. He's he looks like stunned. Okay. Yeah, the, the flaw in that is there are no more phone booths. Yeah. I Thank you, Switchy. That. Thank you, Switchy. Let me take this knife on my back. A two switch. A two, piling on. Thank you. See, I thought of it, Mac, but I didn't say nothing. That's the steak talking, there, Switchy. So anyway, what was it? Was it a tenderloin steak? What kind of steak was it? It wasn't chopped steak. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, you know, they, they have all kinds of different steaks there that, not with remember? different names on them. Okay. And some cost a lot of money and some don't cost as much money. Okay. Well, but, where were you? You're out in the Midwest, so you, probably a lot of roadkill. Uh, <laughs> no, the, the, the roadkill uh, um, was they mix a little it bit in. too expensive. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Okay. All right. Well, any of us who want to go get a snack, now's the time. So thank you, Raven, for uh, being a partner in crime in that. And um, this is we get a salute. We should all let's salute Coco, even though he's not here. Okay, and maybe it will make him feel better. Who can call it out? Is someone who can call it off? You can switchy, right? You know how to do it. Uh, not really. Okay. Um, <laughs> Club, go ahead. Man, you know, step in from and Coco. We are saluting Coco. Okay. All right. I'll send that to him first, and then I'll send the top ten. Why don't Yay. we do this? Why don't we take a break now, and we'll be right <laughs> back. You're listening to Mike Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Stay tuned. Where is the Sea of Moons? Is it on the moon? Or in a haunted part of the Pacific Ocean? Or is it just in our heads? What if you dreamed of meeting a beautiful Irish girl, but she turned out to be a cop? What if you dreamed that you were on TV 24-7, but only the government knew the channel? And what if you dreamed you were shipwrecked on a deserted island and rescued by five lovely castaways, only to have some real pirates ruin the party? Then you should wake up and read The Sea of Moons, the latest installment in Mac Maloney's best-selling series, codename Starman. Follow the adventures of U.S. Navy's Special Agent Chris Starr as he travels the globe using his special ESP powers to solve top-secret mysteries, first in Ireland, then in Tahiti, and finally to Hollywood, where Chris and his girlfriend Angel discover the only spooks inside an old haunted house belong to the CIA. That's Codename Starman, The Sea of Moons by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. 
Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Uh, okay, n- girls, just going to break it to you quickly. No JJ, no Coco. How's that? All right? Is that quick enough? They're not That's here tonight. Way to do it. They're not here tonight. They're on secret missions. Uh, moving up the food chain, though, and doing it happily is our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Wood. Switchy. It's great to be here, and I'm going to enjoy seeing that check uh, of my per diem increasing significantly. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, that's in the mail, Switch. Um, at, at, listen, at, if you're second in command, you, you donate all your salary to Mac Maloney Orphan Fund. So you didn't uh, get that moment. Strangely <laughs> enough, I'm implementing a new policy. <laughs> oh, wow. Already trying to take over. Okay. Interesting. Well, get ready, Switch, because it comes in Bitcoin. <laughs> yes, we're going <laughs> Well, that's a funny. You know, we laugh now. I don't know. Is Bitcoin? Well, let's let's I introduce. Can't figure it. That out. Yeah, let, let's introduce everyone first. Okay. Also with us, that voice you hear is our security chief, Willie Club. Mac, hubby, good to be here. Okay. Good. Are you sure? Keep I up. had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah. The show is getting into my head tonight. I wow. Guess. Oh man. Mission accomplished. All right. Uh, uh, Southern correspondent, Jocko Johnson, Jojo. Always glad to be here, Mac. Okay. Saving the best for last. Over. It's like my cover invitation. Yes. Oh wow! Very good. Very well done. Do it again. Let's 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 see. If... Very okay. glad to be here, Mac. Wow. You. I think you've got it good. Uh, we're saving the best to last. For last. Uh, favorite good witch up there. Only because in... I miss him. Yeah, he missed. Well, that, that explains the tears and the tissues. Yeah. Uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven is with us. Raven. Hello, my friends. Happy as ever. Jolly. Damn. Look at this like bright red drink I have. Wow. Okay. Isn't yes. so cute. Ah, it's, the it's other one's already. It looks healthy in a way, too. And it's a yeah, res- like raspberry beer. Raspberry beer. Yeah. Raspberry jamming mm. from Beer Tree. It's all wow. good stuff in there. Okay. So we've already talked how you um, you show what some people consider an inappropriate movie to your young relatives, right? Arguably. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Good. All right. Mix it up. Hey, listen. He's got to grow up sometimes. I mean, some of this stuff on it's a strange movie, and I've only seen parts of it, so I can't speak for the whole movie. We're talking about a race ahead. Been around for a long time too. It's not a new movie, but there were movies like um, it. Have you seen it? It too about the clown oh, and the sewers. I mean, those I things. I love are, it. Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. he has my heart and soul. Nuts. I love him so Nutty. much. But there is there is effed up and, and not in a creepy way, but there's a lot of you know blood splatter and stuff like that. Anyway, okay. So Raven is with us. All right. Uh, we just did a disastrous bit earlier. We're hoping that we're on the ascent now, show wise. So we're gonna throw it to our wide receiver, Jocko Johnson. Jocko, we Got talked. Ball, baby. We talked about this uh, three or four weeks ago, and. Um, about how in just American military history, the weather has played a crucial part in some very crucial battles that we had to win or we wouldn't be here right now, at least not in this form. And we talked earlier about a segment we did earlier, how George Washington had to evacuate like the entire Revolutionary Army during a low point, low point in the Revolution, had to go to, um, had to go from uh, one of the islands to the other in um, Brooklyn Harbor. Where did he go, from Brooklyn to Manhattan? Was that the angle? New Jersey, the British were on Manhattan. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you got to go around the bottom of the, the water there at the bottom of Manhattan, over Manhattan, and up and around to mm-hmm. the Palisades. Right. Yep. 
and a mysterious fog came in, something that people had never seen before, hadn't seen since. And um, Incredible. just long enough for him to evacuate, like this entire army in rowboats, by the way. And then they uh, put like yeah. uh, padding on their uh, the oars so these so they wouldn't be heard. Yeah, it was the old uh, the Cape Cod, Massachusetts, Boston whalers and fishermen, and the fog was so thick they passed within inches of some of the ships would look out and they couldn't see a thing. Wow, crazy man, and 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 just never seen again, which is just so weird. So anyway, well, then, go ahead, as soon as they got there, it just cleared. It just goes away. Yeah, yeah. strange. Um, so there's uh, we have uh, two more examples tonight. So Draco taking a swig of a beverage. Okay, I'm sure it's orange juice or some kind of healthy drink. Yeah, yeah, lemon lemon juice. Okay. Lemon juice. Lemon. Really? Okay. And uh, you're drinking lemon juice? You're not drinking lemon juice. It's, it's an Italian beverage. It's called lemon cello. Oh, okay. That's how it's, uh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize. You two sips and that. you don't know, two sips and you don't know what's going on. An Italian name. It's like a hundred proof. I don't oh know. yeah. Well, I've had my, yeah, yeah. Battles with lemon cello a few times. Uh, so anyway, so uh, Jocko, I'm going to throw it to you. You ready? Here we go. Okay. 45 yards. Yep. We're going to go to the war of 1812 today. And uh, this was a war where the uh, British decided that they were going to come and give the uh, come up in Yankees a little bit of a drubbing, as they put it. Uh, the Napoleonic Wars were finished. It was 18 and 1814. Napoleon, or right after 1812, he gets captured again. He's defeated at Waterloo and he's sent over to uh, this time St. Helena. Way out in the middle of the ocean there where nobody can get him back like when he went to Elba. So this time. The British get on 40 warships, the man of wars, frigates, the most powerful Navy in the world. Not a problem. They just say, go over there and straighten these guys out. The French are coming down from Canada. They're messing with our guys up there in Canada. The Americans are helping them. We don't like it. The Americans don't like it because the British, they know are coming. And they also have been for years since the shores of Tripoli and the whole story been kidnapping their sailors off the American merchant and naval vessels. Impressment. So... The British decide that they're going to land and they pull into Chesapeake Bay and they have boats. They maneuver their way expertly as they're the world's greatest seamen at the time. This empire never sets on the, the sun, never sets on the British Empire. Okay. They go into uh, a little place called Bladensburg, mm. which is in Maryland. Yes. And it's right along the border of New York. And they have offices that are battle-hardened and and soldiers. These are the guys that had fought Napoleon mm. for the last 20 years. Interesting, yep. And they are ready to go. Yep. These guys are the best of the best. Yep. Battle-hardened, tough soldiers. The Americans have not as much uh, left with this at this point. Right. The military is very small. It's uh, the guys from the Revolution. They're gone. There's not a lot of experience around. Right. And Madison sends out this uh, particular captain or charge of the, this general, rather, by the name of Winder, I believe. Wait, let me make sure I got that mm -hmm. right. And uh, he goes out to Bladensburg yes. and uh, he wants to defend this. And the uh, the British have this uh, general, Robert Ross, and he does not like the Yankees. Okay. So he sends so, his boys in there. Not like the Yankees. And, okay, go ahead. Right. He was a Met fan. Okay. You don't so, like him either. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he might have been a Red Sox fan. I don't know. Don't say that. So the uh, American General Winder organizes his forces, which are 6,500 men against only 4,000 British. Interesting. But the British line up in squares, as they always do in the Napoleonic tradition. Yep. 
And he lines his troops up in two separate lines, okay. one single row. Yes. So they can't fire and reload and fire and yep. reload. They don't really know what they're, what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are just brushed away. Mm. The British go into Washington. They ransack the city. It's uh, raping and pillaging. Raping and they pillaging. take everything out. And so they get in there. It's now the 24th of August, 1814. And they set fire to the Capitol building. They burn part of Washington. The U.S. Capitol. Right. They burn the U.S. Capitol, which at that time housed not only Congress, but the Supreme Court and the Library of Congress. They wow. destroy everything in the Library Burnt of Congress. Burnt them. Burnt them. Then they set the White House on fire. How about this? Famously sending First Lady Dolly Madison running through the streets, not with the painting of Washington in her hand, but she gave that to some servants and they took that with them. Okay. Madison had already left with the government oh, after the debacle at uh, Bladensburg. Yes. And this was considered the greatest threat to our democracy a at that day. time. Dark day. Dark day. Dark sorry? Day. It's a dark day in our history. Exactly. So, Well, the British are in the White House, and the, the, the meal House. for Madison was set at the table because he was waiting for his general to come back and have this feast. <laughs> say, yeah, we took care of the action. Yeah, Everything's we good. We're good. We, we, well, you know, we threw these guys out. We outnumbered them. We should have beat them, right? Yep. So the British sit down and say, ah, look at this. They've got the meal, the victory meal set for us. And they okay. sit down, they start eating. Wow. They finish and they say, let's burn the place down. Ah. So they get to the presidential mansion, which it was called at that time. I can, and they uh, set it afire. I can just the hear, next morning. I can just ahead, hear our fans on uh, Paranormal UK just dropping off like flies on a cold day. Would you? Well, this is this is history. <laughs> it's the way it happened. So okay, all right. I don't know what to tell you. The British were pretty uh, fierce at the time. They, like I said, the they were set on the British Empire at the time. They ruled the world, and yep. uh, you know they see, were the guys. See what happened to them. And they didn't. They didn't like this upstart. Oh, we had to help them out a few times. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so we'll they get didn't into like that. these upstart little colonies, yes. you know, colonists okay. uh, taking well, some action here. You know, exactly twice: so, World War One and World War Two. We gave them a little bit of a nudge that they needed to win the war. I think twice we did that. Right. Uh, so go ahead, please, Draco. So what happened now? Okay. So what happens is the next morning, with the previous day's fire still smoldering, British troops continue their arson, and that's when a severe thunderstorm, possibly a hurricane, on August twenty fifth came barreling in a pounding rain they said with put all the fires out <laughs> the buildings were gutted but the structures on the outside stayed Saved. the white house as it's built today is not a stone building people think it's made of stone on the outside interesting it's a it's a very uh intricate kind of a colonial uh, architecture where they put wood on it that looked like stones and they paint it with a sand paint wow. <laughs> if you even touch it today you yes. can see it's not stone wow huh and there's bricks behind it when they Mm. Redid it with Harry Truman. They put steel girders and floors were okay. and falling through and everything else. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and they've had that dug out inside interiors and redone many times. Now, yes. you know, they put bunkers in there. They had yeah. to do communication. They say if you go things. into the real White House, the White House has been around for a long time. It's like kind of uh, dumpy. Well, yeah. They rebuilt it after uh, this, when it was burnt down. It took okay. some time. And so then, they, then that's, that's when it was called the White House. Before that, it was just called the presidential mansion. The house. Right, the crib. So, uh, so, this so the pounding rain, rain comes in, puts out the fires. Yeah, wind sent debris, killing, flying, flying all over, killing several British soldiers. Oh. Then a tornado touched down tornado. in the middle of Constitution Avenue, tornado. sending cannons, actual cannons, into the air. Now, let's we have to landed, say which landed on top of British soldiers. We, we have to say that uh, as Jocko uh, gets reconnected, 
that there's only been one tornado ever, ever recorded in Washington, D.C., and it's the one we're talking about now. It's not in that is, that tornado. Is it's uh, not in the path of hurricanes. Yeah, or, or tornadoes, frankly, okay? Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, it's usually they could skim the coast, but it's inland enough where there's not a lot of flooding and damage right. in Washington. It's on a swamp, really. Right. So uh, so then, so that uh, that kind of saves Washington as well, right? Well, yeah, the, the, the British are terrified, and they run for their lives because, you know, soldiers are very superstitious. And especially these veterans, you know, they look and they see signals, signs. They don't like it. That's all it took. And uh, a British admiral explained to a resident, great God, madam, is this the kind of storm to which you are accustomed to in this infernal country? Mm. Of course, it was not. And historians say the British never intended to occupy the city, only to raise it. Others disagree. In any case, they were in and out 26 hours, and the incident soon became known as the storm, the storm that saved Washington. How about that? They, they they look back now, and from the descriptions, they maybe said it was at least a Category 2 hurricane. Okay, that's a big hurricane. That's pretty big. Right, especially for those kind of buildings nobody right. ever built like we do today, maybe, and look at the damage we get today. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, funny. Yeah, and and just uh, you know, I mean, just uh, those two freak things to happen, and, the, and it drove the British back you know, twice, and then they said, uh, this isn't worth it old chum let's uh, move on and then you know weeks later what really happened was that uh, they beat the british army in the battle of new orleans that's an un- that's an well, incredible before story. that the british sailed back down the chesapeake when they oh, decide okay. they're gonna burn the second biggest city in the country at okay. the time at the port along the south yes, yes. and they go to baltimore harbor, yes okay and they want to they want to bring baltimore down but placed in that harbor is fort McHenry, which was a yes. perfectly defensive position uh, spangled in it's just where it has to be and that's right and that's where we get that because they cannot penetrate the harbor we sink their ships penetrate. we have a penetration you know, they, they take some other casualties and they say this is not worth it let's just get out of here yes, yes. and they go down to new orleans they meet up with some other forces and they're defeated there as well they're defeated in the battle of new orleans right which is an interesting battle on itself thank you Correct. jocko let's salute jocko okay now that we know how to do it please who's going to call it off please club call it out and hut. we are saluting you jocko Returned. he salutes very well oh, I miss raven and i are we raven and i need work Look, uh, raven watch see a little bit of a curve a little bit of a thing Can a little bit thumb? of an angle Right at the tip. Put the thumb at the Swift. tip. Like a, like a razor. There you go. Okay. We'll have to practice it. Anyway, wow. <laughs> your right hand. Sorry, I was right hand. Right Always your right oh, hand. That shoot. Much I, know. Oh, yeah. I was told that before. Yeah, Sorry. That, uh, yeah, that makes a difference, apparently, in that world. I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, hey, listen. Thank you, Josh. I'm trying. Thank you, Jack. Right. It's the effort that counts. Um, why don't we? Uh, My job to monitor this stuff. So well, you're right, sir. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. I would have got 50 push-ups for that, man. I would have been on there. I would have been pounding them out. What's the over/under on that? 50. Hey, in my old days, no problem. <laughs> sorry. All right. Anyway, why don't Six, we take three, two, fifteen, baby? I was a lean, mean fight machine. Oh, what a gun and a billy club and a badge. All right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> See, they'd be make a great series, Jocko. A shield, a shield, baby. Fireman, shield, man. Shield, oh, sorry. Uh, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break now? And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Tracks on show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. 
Those really are the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. Tracks our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we've uh, we have tonight, and there's no yet, folks. We're without JJ, we're without Coco. Uh, Switch is here, um, Club is here, Draco is here, and Raven is here. So we don't need those guys. I mean, how do you feel now that, that do you feel like something's missing? I do, as it turns out. Yeah, I miss my guys. I I feel like there's there's a piece of us that's not here mm-hmm. for sure. Wait, wait, wait I, can't, I can't figure the names again. Though. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I I just miss looking at one one because he kills me. Yeah, uh, go ahead, club, please. Repeat. Yes. Repeat. Well, I she said they're missing a piece. I'm not sure what piece of them we're missing. Well, but, hang on. But I. <laughs> but no, that certainly it's not the same without without the guys. Without the, the jovial one one and the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Stern, yes. but uh, happy. Uh, well, we've been able to carry on, I think. I, I think we're doing a hell of a job it, yeah. until I asked everyone, and they all said they miss Coco and JJ. But okay, let's carry on. You know, we needed them to laugh at the top 10, for instance, right? I tried. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Draco. <Jocko. laughs> yeah, that was funny. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Draco, once again. So why don't we do You're this? Um, so everyone here, the whole gang is here. And what we're going to do now is, we, did I introduce everyone? Raven, did yes, I introduce sure. you? Yeah. We'll introduce yeah, you. Yeah, you introduced again. everyone. Let's do it again. Our favorite good witch <laughs> up there in sideways and yard, Raven. How are you doing? You got a patent that, Mac. You got a trademark. Okay. That is great. I'm doing so good. You do need a patent that for sure. Okay. Where's the Where's the cat? Where's the dog? Where are they? What's their location? Friday is across the hall on her king size bed. Wow. Huh. Uh, which is my bed, but oh. she uses it as her bed. Okay. And uh-huh. Scotch is probably downstairs, um, snuggled under all of his blankets okay. because he gets really cold. I mean, it's only like, you know, eight degrees here. So he uh, yeah. he needs to burrow under his blankets. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, dogs. I, I understand all that. Yep. yep. We should do a uh, segment on dogs at some point because I have this theory now that as – you know, let's just uh, in, in put all kind of arguments aside. But as our civilization grows more intelligent, the pets that we have or the animals that we have that are what called domesticated, doesn't it make sense that they are also getting more intelligent? Do you know what I mean? Like now you can talk to dogs and you can talk to cats yeah. through this. Uh, the, 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 have you ever seen those things where they step on and they have a conversation with the pet? It blows my I've mind. seen those and then like the little automatic treat things, yeah, which 
which thankfully like I don't need to use like I I work at home all day so like I'm always home but mm-hmm. I have seen them and I mean my animals know they play me like a fiddle. Gee. I mean, they know exactly what they need to do to get what they want, wow. and I cave every time. You know, you see, I'm going They're down. Very smart. I'm going down the rabbit hole too much on YouTube when I should be doing other things. But there's there's videos over there. You know, not only do they show you know cats and dogs communicating via these uh, stepping on different kind of light patterns, okay? But like they'll show a dog that doesn't want to go outside, so he's faking a limp. He's faking a limp so the owner yeah, won't put I, him out dog, in the cold. My dog, my my past dog did that. Okay. All right. Now, now, think about that for a second. You know, and then he 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 gets not to go outside in in the rain and the snow or whatever. All right. Think well, of the, you know, what the thought pattern a, of that. Ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say the thought pattern of actually trying to fool your owner and it working by pretending that. Well, you they learn they learn from us. Uh, I know when I was a young kid and I didn't want to go to school, I'd always fake a limp. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, so the dogs learn from that. Mm. You know, just trying to get a workman's comp. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. You <laughs> know, I had a I had a purebred uh, Jack Russell Terrier. She was sweetheart, and okay. she, um, you know, I've had dogs every day since I was a kid, my whole life. Yes. So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if they get smarter. I mean, it takes us about twenty four thousand years to evolve into something different. You know, twenty four, yeah, yeah. But they, 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 like, for instance, you you see them now, and maybe you just see them more because it's YouTube and never. But right, I think we're smarter to teach them more. Uh, right, uh, yeah, they, they they they're like pushing the doorbells on the uh, you know the video camera at the door and all that yeah. stuff. You see oh, that yeah. they know how to push that and you know to get the person on the video to let them in. And they they have all these intricate ways of stealing food. And um, you know, the dogs will rip apart the apartment. And the owner comes home and he goes nuts. And he goes, who does that? And one of the dogs will go, you know, give him a little bit of a head shake as if, yeah, Fido over here did it. You know, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. this. Like I, mean, I was saying, some, my, my uh, dog, she, she was running around the yard, stepped in like a gopher hole, really, you know, blowing full speed. And yep. she hurt her knee. So we take it to the vet. He checks. He's like, well, it just needs to heal. And, you know, he could show him a you know, kneecap and all this. I'm like, you're kidding me. It's the size of a pea, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he says, she'll be all right. You know, carry it down the stairs if you have steps to go outside. So we would carry it down, put it down. Yeah, she wasn't heavy. And then after she was well, like she'd run around the house. But when she went out, she still wanted to carry it downstairs, and she'd go limp. And I'm like, I can't believe this. This is nuts. But look at that's. I mean, that's in a way it's learned behavior, but in another in another way it isn't. It's really having the kind of Come sense on. sense to think I can actually fool somebody to you know get more food or to go out or to stay in. And and this whole thing with the, with this real quick, we talked about on show a couple of weeks ago here where they had these arrays on the floor. And there's this dog called Bunny, okay? And the owners have a conversation with the dog. And the way that the dog talks is he he, he steps on a, a button that produces a color. So, you know, so you know, he's there and you know, he comes over and, and now of course you see the dog being really, really smart, but you don't see the nine thousand other videos with the dog then you know right. what to do. You don't right? know how they cut it up or what, but you know, the thing you gotta watch is these huskies. They actually can vocalize. All right, so well, well, it gets into that, okay, where they say to the dog, in fact, the dog, he might be a husky, to tell you the truth, but he's one of those dogs, okay, smart dog, and and, they'll, and they get in a conversation with them. You know, where's Puddles? You know, he's the cat. You know, Puddles is upstairs, and he'll hit upstairs and turn up the cat's upstairs. I got it. I'd love you to know, see Stuff it. like that. Can you send that. me that link? Yeah, just, just go on um, TikTok. And it's called uh, no, I see him all the time. vocalizing with your dog, and and and, and it, it shows this kind of interaction, you know. And it would be so strange if we were able to kind of communicate with with dogs and cats. And well, I, I want everyone Mac. 
to write it down. 7.41 p.m. Yes. Mac uses TikTok, TikTok and I don't. Well, there you go. Hey, listen, baby, I'm up to TikTok. Well, uh, okay, yes, all right. They don't have any more dirty like stuff the, on TikTok. I don't like the guys that are behind it, right, so, Willie? I went. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know I'm talking about, those guys over there in the Communist Chinese Republic. Is that where it's from? Is that is it TikTok yeah. in China? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, everything TikTok's comes from Chinese there. control. See, they're really getting that. You know, Mac, I wanted to get back while I think of it. But, but they know, they know your underwear size by now. Think Mac. about they animals. got everything. They hacked you to death. Okay. You know, dogs and cats. You know, if you if you have uh, these theories in reincarnation, you know that we just don't come back as other humans. That we come back as animals. Really. So, you got to give some thought to the fact that you know maybe that dog used to be uh, you know one of your neighbors or something, but but you know there's uh, there's a reincarnation piece in there that uh, okay there's a theory about Could, so. yeah that right yeah, that, I, the I, I that. had a Buddhist friend who firmly believed that they Buddhists believe that hmm. wow I I feel like club is definitely onto something there for sure yeah well you know it's all this idea do, does memories. Uh, are memories carried over by DNA? That would be like the simplest question to ask, okay? And then if they are, then it would have to also uh, be for the animal world or whatever, you know? Do memories carry over in DNA? You know, it's a good question because I remember stuff it seems like my father actually went through or something. You know, I, I, I feel that. I dream it and every once in a while. And well, Mac, as you know, I discussed that with the neighborhood uh, kid, you know, right, that true. he yeah. he believed— uh, he was in World War II. I mean, he could recite, you know, incidents of him getting shot and all that. So that's the DNA thing, I think. Right. It's got to be something like that. But anyway. Well, I, I did a past only... life regression. You did? You did? You did? Yeah. I, I, I was... I was the flea that, that started the bubonic plague. Oh, boy. So I'm oh, hoping that. Uh, hang on. I'm hoping that yeah, life path gets Way better. Save it. Go on. Hang on. Way to save it. Way to save it. Kick get, saving a beauty. That I gets, got so excited. Yeah. That, that well, gets what a, do you expect? You know, now? the thing with that is everybody was reborn from like they were Cleopatra, Julius Caesar, or Abe Lincoln, George Washington. Nobody yep. was ever like Joe to bread sale. Oh, never. Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, how many fleas were there? Switch was know, asking. Had to be a couple million anyway. <laughs> okay. Switch. Stop scratching <laughs> your head there. Uh. Wow. Okay. All right. He that he chose to hey, be Mac, to be a flea. Mac, it's like you know. This is like thinking, how can the universe be unending? Where does it go? You can't. It just blows you away. Uh yes, it does. Now, what we're gonna do? You know, talk about being blown away. We're gonna get creeped out here now. You ready? And I just want to say, as a preamble, that uh, the day crew has left the station, so I'm the only one here in the station. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. So. What about Bob? That's thank you. Uh, thank you. I'm the only one. You know. Still living and breathing is here. Who else is here? We'll find out. <laughs> We're going to throw it to Raven, though, because we have this very, very strange story that uh, she sent to me a couple nights ago. And it's about this odd painting that was, uh, you know, she'll give you the history on it. Um, it's called uh, The Hands That Resist Him or The Hands Resist Him. And uh, so if you have a chance now, just Google it so you know what we're talking about as we're talking about it. The hands resist him. If you just Google that, some people Google the hands that resist him. But you'll see the photo. You'll see the photo of this painting. We're going to talk about it now. It's like one of these things that the, the, the more you know about it, the creepier it gets, right, Raven? Yeah, we are talking about the hands resist him. Um, this was painted in 1972 by William um, Bill, as we'll refer to him, uh, Stoneham. Um, and this is an oil on canvas. Um 
So in the hands that resist him, we do see a little boy and a life-size doll, which as we were talking off air, um, it does look like it's it's a little girl that's next to him. At first. Um, but it is a doll. If you look at it a little closer, you can see she almost has like a wooden slat mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're standing together um, in front of a paneled glass door. Um, the life-size doll has black eyes, uh, mm. which struck me because yes. of the black-eyed kids. Yes, yes. Um, she has a frown, and uh, she's holding a dry cell. At least that's what that's what a lot of people think that it is. I look at it, and I'm just not even sure what I'm looking at. What do they say? It is. What do they say? Speculated. She's, what do they say that uh, they they think it's a dry cell? What is that? I, I'm a, a, like a battery. Really? Um, that's a weird. Thing. I don't see a battery. Well, it's got but, a couple terminals on it. It does have turn. Yeah, I, I noticed that. And I look at it and I'm like, I, I just don't even know what I'm looking at. So maybe it's a battery from, uh, I don't know. Wow, huh? Okay. Uh, the, the 1600s or something. Okay, uh, go ahead. To me, that's it what looks they like say a, that a thermos is. bottle. It looks like a thermos, thermos. bottle. Thermos. See, there's lots yeah, of But it's got two uh, uh, um, terminals coming out with, uh, you know, um, Y compression terminals on the end of like two pieces of wire. Wow. Switchy oh, used to yeah. be an electrician, mm. so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, so it's one or the other. But it's, it's one or the other. Oh. Um, and so then behind this odd pair, we have um, a, uh, behind behind the these two and a glass door, um, we see these tiny little handprints um, pressing up against the glass from the inside, um, which is just a vom situation. I don't want to see that. Uh, yeah. So. No one does. Bill Stoneham, the painter, he was born in Boston. Wow. Hello. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, he was born on January 1st, 1947. So we have a Capricorn on our hands. Uh-huh. Um, and he was actually adopted at the uh, age of nine months. Um, and from Boston, his family moved him to Chicago. Um, <laughs> ultimately, he would end up in California. Good and move. that's where his career, I guess you can call it a career, kind of took off. Go ahead. Um, we'll get into it. Um so when he was in California, um, he was working for a gallery and he was commissioned to complete um, two paintings a month. And in 1972, um, he this is where the hands resist him was born. Um, in 1974, two years after he was completed with this painting, the hands resist him was put on display at the gallery he was working at, which was called uh, Fine Garden Gallery. And that was located in Beverly Hills, California. So um, per Bill, <clears throat> the little boy in the painting was actually based off of him. Right. It's a self-portrait um, of him. Uh, it's or, a it's self-portrait a- of him at the age of five when he was living in Chicago with his family. Wow. Spe- specifically. So it was based off of that. Sources do say that it was also based off of a poem that was written by his first wife. Uh-uh. All I could find on that was the poem. Yeah. I-, I couldn't find anything else. So. It's a beautiful poem, and I do have it. If you guys want to hear it, I can oh. definitely read it. Okay, go ahead. How um, many how many lines is it? Um, at least two. Okay, okay. Let's um, let's hear let's hear two of them. <laughs> okay. He is of think of a music he is of to the seeing this. visions. His strokes reveal them, in a rush of color, of madness, of mystics, and his head is the highest center. It must confront his enemy. The hands resist him, mm. like the secret of his birth. His presence is the sanctum heartbeat felt in darkness and in passion. It's sound, the soul, gift to the alliance. Wow, we okay. What the what, oh, what, baby. The what is going on with this painting? What is okay? Go ahead, please, Raven, continue. <laughs> so, um, 
All right. So he states that the door um, that's behind him and the doll is supposed to represent the veil between the waking world and the dream world. The Mm -hmm. doll is supposed to represent um, his guide between the two realms. And all the hands that are pressing on the glass are supposed to be the other lives. Mm -hmm. And again, that was kind of all I could find. And and like that was it. And so I was like, okay. um, Raven. Do you notice yeah. in the bottom right-hand corner of the picture, there's a small hand at the very bottom looking straight at it, and it's almost mm-hmm. like an eyeball. Like I did right, see that. See that right <laughs> um, at his wrist? I mean, that just blows me away. I don't know, that's weird. Yeah, and He's got a COVID-19 picture also. Did you see the COVID-19 <laughs> one? COVID-19? What are we talking about? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's in there further. <laughs> Well, this we'll guy's get been, into that. He's been dead okay, for 40 ahead. years, hasn't he? Or is he still alive? I don't know. He's still alive. Yeah. Oh, is he? Okay, he He's gets, still alive he, and kicking. He got the action. We're going to get into it. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> so the painting was actually purchased from the gallery by um, actor John Marley, who you may know from The Godfather. And the weird thing is that by 1984, um, the gallery owner, um, his name was Chuck Feingarten, the art critic that actually reviewed his show in 1974, uh, Henry Seldes, and John Marley were all dead. All dead. Oh, really? I feel like it's a little bit irrelevant. Like it, it just kind of seems like it's a coincidence. Go ahead. But it was it was in every single article that I I looked up regarding this. Wow. Everyone was pointing to how these three specifically died like super close together. Hmm. And it is strange, but you know, I mean, I guess we're we're not really going to be able to tie it back to this. Strange but things happen. In, in any case, there we go. Um, seeing, uh, so he uh, purchased that. Um, <laughs> And then after after he died, it, it pretty much disappeared for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it resurfaced. Um, so now we're in 2000 and we see an eBay posting um, by a seller uh, known only as Lucy. And she was trying to get rid of this painting, stating that it was haunted. Yes, yes. Um, Lucy claims that she found the painting in the year 2000 um, behind a brewery. And she decided to take the piece home with her. Behind a brewery. Um, it is beautiful, I feel. So I, I would probably have done the same thing, honestly. Uh, it, it, looks, um, it, it looks like something a little bit better than your normal kind of, you know, hotel painting or whatever. You know, it was it was, it was Exactly. Like, you do don't it. want, like, dentist office painting. Right. You know, like, you want, like, something weird. Well, and I, I don't know. I just love was, it. Go ahead. But she she brings it home. And um, a couple of weeks in, into this painting being in her house, um, her daughter starts complaining that, the paintings keeping her up at night Uh-oh. and that uh, the um the little boy and the doll would come to life at night oh. and they would fight oh. and so they they took it seriously because i guess the the little girl i think she was 4 so they were like okay like maybe this isn't like an exaggeration whatever they decided to actually set up cameras and so what they caught was Definitely not what they were expecting um, okay. to see. All right. Um, so stills of the security footage do depict um, the doll. Um, she almost changes her mm. her entire face. Oh. Seems to to become uh, glaringly angry. Really. Um, you can see her frown just turn into just. I mean, I don't even know how else to describe it other than it, it almost. She's. Just glaring mad. She's mad. Um, and the the dry cell that oh. we were talking about earlier yep. um, also morphs into what looks like a gun that's actually pointed at the little boy. Okay, so now this is this uh, comes from 
putting a camera on the uh, on the on, on the painting in the middle of the night and you see this change in the painting. Oh my god. Correct. I am the only one here. Thank you, Raven. Go ahead. <laughs> so the sellers wow. do warn potential buyers um that it's not for the faint of heart. This isn't for anyone that hasn't experienced supernatural forces. Like okay. they definitely are only looking for serious buyers that actually know what they're Info. they're dealing with here. Go ahead. Um, so it was approx um, I'm sorry, uh, approximately thirty thousand uh, viewers looked at this online, um, and viewers even on eBay, and they even reported feeling that they were sick upon looking at it. Sick. Um, some experienced a choking sensation. Really. And even one viewer claimed that the screen became white, and it was almost like a burning sensation that wow. he felt. Wow. Um, wow. You know, I yeah. felt a uh, choking sensation back at the top 10 list, but that's another story. <laughs> so anyway. Right, look out. Turn around. Watch out. Okay. Hang on. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Jocko, um, knock it off there, brother. Okay. I got you covered. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're 500, 800 miles away. What are you going to do? That's what you think. Uh, that's okay. what you think. Oh, I wish you were, you know, right here, frankly, right now. If I was there, forget it. We'd have a time about life. Okay. All right. How do we drive home? We don't know. Go ahead, please. You wouldn't be able to drive home. <laughs> That's what the limo's for. Go ahead, Raven, please. Um, so ultimately, the piece sold to Kim Smith. Um, he's a gallery owner in Michigan. Um, and that's where their painting remains today. How much? Kim states that um, it was $1,025. Okay. All right. Cheap. All right. It's very cheap. Cheap. Yeah. Cheap. Um, so Kim states that he doesn't get the heaps. Um, from the painting, and he's never had any type of supernatural experience near it. But his sons are not convinced, and they are not comfortable um, uh -oh. with having the painting in their family gallery. So apparently, it just stays in Kim's back office, and really? he pretends like it's not there. Why don't the um, uh, Why don't the kids lay off the weed? Maybe they'll feel a little bit better. They're probably uh, doing acid. Okay, don't. Uh, they're probably having a good time. Okay, they should ahead. they should keep doing that. <laughs> Okay, wow. Well, so that's so nobody's doing Kim acid. Actually, Maybe the guy with the brush. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, I uh, So Kim actually him. ended up reaching out to Bill when he realized he connected the dots and realized that the artist was still alive. Yes. Um, once uh so according to Bill, once a piece was purchased by John Marley, he just kind of wiped his hands of the whole thing and was like, Meh. That's like it. I don't I don't need to think about it anymore. Yep. Um and and so he never he never thought about it. Um <laughs> Bill still paints to this day uh, at his home in Washington. Um, he actually created an additional four pieces that go along with the hand oh, really? resistance, and they're um, they're amazing. Yep. Um, so we have uh, resistance at the threshold from 2004. Okay. Threshold of revelation from 2012. The hands invent him from oh. 2017, and what remains from 2021. Wow. Beautiful. It's the uh, absolutely beautiful. It's the wingman um, <laughs> uh, business model. Okay, just keep them coming. That's all. Exactly. You know, it'll be uh, so, the hands go to Japan in a few years. Right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a, I see there's a video online on that too. Did you yes, see that? Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I watched yeah. a few. There's a few yeah. different ones. Um, I've one also listened to several different podcasts that have done um, this story, Creepy. and it's it's just very strange because um, even you. Bill to this day he he can't really figure out what he did during his creative process that that made people so so drawn to but to this in, thing, in such a uh i don't want to say violent but like scary, scary way. way a scary way he has no idea what he did and and his other paintings are 
he's definitely talented. That's for sure. Yep. Um, I mean, you can tell that he, he definitely lives in that, in that, um, Hot kind world. of, a uh, uh, lucid maybe oh yes state okay yeah where he's kind of sure. kind of maybe existing he's in just, both worlds yeah, is, is the best way that i can describe it he's insane um go ahead i just uh, he, may, he might be insane but i love it but he's, i just let, i absolutely love it let me ask you this okay this is what intrigued me more than anything was <clears throat> he was commissioned to do this by that gallery meaning the guy who ran the gallery sought him out and said yeah well do four paintings for me and we'll put him in the gallery and, you know, you get a cut, I get a cut, that type of thing. But he was commissioned to do this. So what a weird thing to turn in, you know. Oh, yeah. The hands are, what? You know, I mean, it's just so creepy. But that gallery must have known there are people, you know, it's a high fluting gallery. It's in Beverly Hills. They must have known yeah. someone that was going to buy, like, kind of a way out painting. In 72. Yeah, they must have known something. They do speculate that it's possible that because he was adopted at such a young age, he has that disconnect with his oh, his biological parents and any siblings that he may have had. Yep. And maybe this has something to do with it because of all, all the little hands right. that are that are pressed against it. So there that's a possibility. And I mean, we'll never know when I mean yeah, he's yeah. still alive, so it's like we might know. He's yep. 75. It's very possible that maybe he will come out and and say, hey, like this is what this really means. Mm -hmm. Maybe, well, Bill. Hey, yeah, out there. Let's get him on the show. The four hundred four, the four one one, the four one one, not the four hundred four. Oh my god. Three hey, Raven, minus three. Why don't we Matt, get him on the show? Can, I'll call him. Matt, can I say something? Sure. Um, Raven, if you look, if we look at uh, Google Fine Art America, oh, there is a picture in his. Um, his, I guess, his folder or whatever you call it. Yes. And it is a alleyway that is like just, you know, disheveled. There's a car in there that's fallen apart. It's like, it looks like a 50s or 40s or maybe even a Volkswagen bug or something, but it's just like, you know, wrecked. Go ahead. There's a guy with a shopping cart Interesting. full of skulls. Skulls. He looks like he's wearing a gas mask, like the figure of death, though. Okay. With his fingers. And he's got this red blanket on like a homeless guy. Okay. He's pushing his car down the alleyway. The car has a license plate that's a COV19. Okay. There's a mushroom that looks like something alien in the tree. There you go. With tentacles. And then if you look way back in the arch, there's somebody standing there. I swear to me, it looks like like a German World War One stormtrooper. Okay. This is just like mind blowing. Well, it's just, you know, where I came from, there was names for this stuff that I couldn't. <laughs> say right now good but where i live now they would say he ain't right well, and uh you're, you're you down further there's other photos where i mean i i just can't even but i can't imagine somebody but, coming up with this stuff. how about this i think he's just eccentric uh, uh, there's well, a big no, mushroom in there there's, there's a big mushroom in there and you know just a google mushrooms anyway uh, uh shrooms anyway why don't we do this thank you raven okay Thank you yeah, for thank creeping you. us out. Yeah. We really appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Let's clap for I her. I won't be able to sleep tonight. Well, we're not going to. Please clap for her. I'm we're not going to be able to salute her. Oh, you guys want to clap. Hey, Raven, further down, he's got one. I believe the Slender Man is in there. See, I was going to say it's a, oh! there's a Slender Man thing going on here, you know? You see the Slender Man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go to fineartamerica.com. See, that whole Slender Man is very, very creepy. And, and I, I, got a, like Mac. I got a Slender Man vibe off of this. <laughs> anyway, so listen, why don't we take that commercial break now? And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with the forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we've had for you tonight. And uh, as we talked about earlier, it seems like a couple of our appendages have been cut off because there's no JJ girls and no CC either. They're both out on secret missions on the same Tuesday night. So it's just us chickens here. Uh, moving up his way on the food chain, Switchblade Steve Ward and now Vice President of the... Uh, Fast Corporation. Great to be here in a new food group. Distant Thunder. <laughs> yes, okay. Also here is our uh, security chief, Willie Club. Hi, Mac. It's good to be here, even without, you know, having those appendages that we normally have. Right, right. Hey, some appendages you don't need anymore, so they tell I, me. I, I found that out, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, also here, uh, who just revealed to us that he has a master's, almost a doctorate in criminology. Jojo, Jocko Johnson, way down there in Dixon. It was just for us, but okay. Okay. All I mean, right. I could share the diploma. So. Okay. Anyway, uh, you know, I, I like to think that uh, in my mind, I picture uh, Coco, Coco flying a stealth helicopter onto the teeth with JJ <laughs> in the middle, jumping out a door, rappelling into like a hive of terrorists to hack their, hack their, you know, computers. Sure. Yes. Hack their computers. Yes. <laughs> it's a black op operation. He would know how Don't to do that. Come I pick guess. them up and they blow the joint up. Oh, it's crazy. Yes. Right. And he's got the thumb drive, you know, little uh, JJ there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Let's put some music to that. But, but he didn't get the intelligence. He got like girly magazines and stuff. Well, that kind of movie, movies you're, and things. Now you're talking one one. It, yeah, it took his, it's it, it like, you know, it caught his attention and he couldn't help it. <laughs> Listen, for the fourth time tonight, I have to apologize to our favorite what? good witch. Did I introduce you, Switchy? Yes. Okay. Our favorite good witch. He introduced himself. In Sideways, New York. <laughs> our uh, good friend, our favorite white witch, good witch, Raven, how are you tonight? Hello. I'm doing really good. Really? Really, mm -hmm. tell us. Just tell us. You're, you're, look at look at the crowd you're with tonight. But I, I'm with friends, first of all. First of all, I'm with friends, okay? Go ahead. Second yes. of all, I have an eight days a week. 
because I finished oh. my raspberry jamming. So I've moved on. Okay. She's thoroughly medicated. Uh huh. She's medicated. You feel no pain. I'm in the same I feel, I feel nothing right now. All right. <laughs> and, and you know what happens? If the people could only see it, she's a doll. I mean, so anyway, so look at this is uh, Switchy's time to shine here. In fact, his is uh, T's right here. And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's report from the fringe. And Switchy, you have a uh, story, a bio from the fringe, right? Yes, uh, we have talked about Charles Ford before, but I think I've got some uh, areas of his life that we haven't really talked about. Uh, my information comes from two books. One is by Colin Bennett. Uh, Politics of the Imagination, the Life, Work, and Ideas of Charles Ford, and also by Damon Knight. Uh, Damon Knight was a science fiction author, and he wrote uh, To Serve Man. It became a famous Twilight Zone episode. Great episode. Uh, he wrote Charles Ford, Prophet of the Unexplained. And let me just give you a couple of quotes. Now, of course, uh, most people know that Charles Ford wrote four books, beginning with The Book of the Damned, yes. uh, Low, New Lands, Wild Talents. And uh, when was he what born? he did was he... He, he uh, became fascinated by, uh, by the, these little uh, tidbits from uh, science journals and newspapers, yeah. these, these completely unexplained events like uh, falls of fish and so forth. We'll get into some of that. But uh, there, there's some great quotes if you go through his, his writings. Uh, he was, uh, and, and he, the thing is, he had a sense of humor. He was like poking the establishment. Good. Uh, because they couldn't, they just couldn't, they, they actually didn't really pay attention to some of the stuff hey, switch, that he switch found. It, switch yes. it. When was he, what, what year was he born? It was uh, 18... Something. Um, 74. Okay. In New York. New York. Uh, Albany, New York. Oh, Albany. I'm surprised he didn't die of boredom. I used to live up there. <laughs> well, I don't think he stayed there. He went... Uh, and then he died uh, in the 30s? Globetrotting and, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, but anyway, let me just give you a couple quotes. Okay. Every science is a mutilated octopus. Mm. If its tentacles were not clipped to stumps, it would feel its way into disturbing context. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Say that again, please. Do that again, please. Every science is a mutilated octopus. If its tentacles were not clipped to stumps, it would feel its way into disturbing context. And of course, he felt that the, the establishment, there was a certain orthodoxy, yes. and science would not look into areas that they should because there's so much unknown and so much left to understand. Right. I think also, he's right about I that. got one other one. Go ahead. And then maybe a couple more later. Ships from other worlds that have been seen by millions of the inhabitants of this earth exploring night after night in the sky of France, England, New England, and Canada. Mm. So he was the one who chronicled these strange moving lights in the sky. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was the first one to really talk about ufos to any length without actually using you know used his own term right but uh again he was born 1874 august 6th in albany new york mm. uh he died may 1932 in brooklyn uh -huh. and the uh the new york times obituary called him a foe of science <laughs> so, very nice huh? top of the food chain um, yeah huh now he Go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, was he famous when he was alive? 
Uh, yes, he uh, uh, eventually, but he was in the early 1900s. He was living in the poorest district in New York, a rundown tenement room wow. with cardboard boxes full of notes. I'm gonna cool. uh, I'm gonna jump around a little bit, but this is uh, he started as early at becoming fascinated by these these things he was finding in the New York Library uh, and other places uh, as early as 1906, and. Uh, you know, like I said, scientific journals. The thing is, if you looked at these scientific journals, every once in a while, they'd have something that would be so totally bizarre and just off the charts weird. Right. But he's the one that pulled all these together. And he talked a lot about things that fall from the skies. And yes. actually, Ivan Sanderson created a term for that. Yes. See if I can pronounce it. Uh, Fafrot skies. Fafrot skies. Okay. F F A F. R-O-T-S-K-I-E-S, which is a, a contraction of fall from the skies. Oh, I see. Yes. That's clever. Now, now he, when, he, uh, uh, when he started collecting this, he had uh, ideas for his books were going to be called X and Y. Now, eventually, he, uh, he would actually destroy a lot of his notes and some of his writings that he wasn't happy with. Really? So, unfortunately, we don't have these that survive, but, but X apparently had a lot of the very weird things he was uh, finding, like falls from the sky, strange lights in the sky. Right. Uh, but it was he was kind of blaming it on Mars. I'm not sure that it was meant to be uh -oh. literal, uh -oh. but it was was he was he was blaming all these oddities on the Martians. Wow, he was nuts then. Cool. Well, well, again, I think this was a bit tongue in cheek because okay. why the other book was he hypothesized a malign civilization at the South Pole that oh. was responsible for a lot of this stuff. He started. So I think. Uh, if he and he's uh, you know he was uh, if you if you read his writings he's very very tongue in cheek very flippant yes. and uh, while he's very serious about his research he loves to poke fun at the establishment and I think himself as well he's a wise ass yes a what's wise it, ass what's his go. name is Charles Fort right Charles Fort now yeah. uh, a very there's a very important uh, figure that he meets okay. in 1905 oh. Theodore Dresser. Huh. Now, I guess he's a famous novelist that wrote things like An American Tragedy. How many here have read An American Tragedy? Show of hands. Okay. <laughs> I heard of it. <laughs> I yeah. see fingers, not hands. Go ahead. Yes, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's, that's the way I, I feel. But anyway, he was a very, very important uh, author at the time. And this this uh, this meeting would help him later on. Go ahead. Uh, but let's, uh, be, be, just before we get into this, because there was a... Actually, his first book was well received, but but a lot of people just didn't like it. Let's let's talk about really? Emanuel Velikovsky, Worlds in Collision. Okay, he wrote his, that book in 1950, and uh, he was just viciously attacked by the establishment. Uh, Harlow Sh uh, Shapley hmm. was from the Harvard College Observatory. Oh. He uh, he uh, threatened uh, the publishing company with their that that they would uh, he and his other professors and scientists would boycott their textbook division. Wow. So in 1950, Macmillan had to give it up to Doubleday. Doubleday did not have a textbook department. Wow. But the thing is, I, I remember that uh, uh, there was a book printed uh, called Velikovsky Reconsidered, where they looked at some of his ideas, and they, they think that maybe he was uh, you know, on the mark. Other things, he was off the mark. But the thing is that he didn't get a chance to present his ideas, right or wrong. How many times has this happened? Uh, Wilhelm Reich may have been a, a nut job. I don't know. You know he talked about uh, inventing orgone energy and, and weather manipulation and so forth. Yeah. But he died in prison because they they just didn't like his ideas. Oh. So it, it's just a it really, this, it's really, uh, uh, 
interesting to look at Velikovsky and so what they did to him. They, he's persecuted. They persecuted. They, 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 you know, open themselves up for persecution. Yes, and uh, he uh, uh, he was attacked, and it's so often when people attack somebody in this position, yes. they they make up stuff. They don't actually represent what they were saying. And so they're disagreeing with or attacking him for something that he didn't support in the first place. Okay. One of those people, Velikovsky, was Menzel, Donald Menzel. Remember him? Yes. The, the arch enemy of, of UFO people. Yes. He was the, he, he, uh, uh, he probably, uh, Philip Klass was probably the reincarnation right. of Donald Menzel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, so uh, he, what, what happens is this uh, Theodore Dresser tries to uh, sell these books, X and Y, but it's not working. So Fort trashes them. Wonder why. And then he starts over again. And this is where we get his first book, The Book of the Damned. <laughs> and it's full of uh, things like <laughs> all kinds of things that have fallen from the sky. Yeah, fish and worms, and worms. stones, ashes, charcoal, yes. <laughs> grain, amber, India rubber. Oils, grease, <laughs> woolly substances, I don't want to know. And, uh, and again, fish, crabs, yes. eels, shellfish. And sometimes they would, would be very selective. You'd get the same kind of fish. But one time these crabs fell, and they they couldn't identify them. They didn't know what the heck they were. But it was it was just crabs. It wasn't like, a, like somebody scooped uh, something out of the ocean, right. and then they just dropped it. It's yeah, just crabs. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because it, it's it, they don't they just had a fish fall in like down in Texas last week, but they they you know it isn't like six or seven different kinds of fish that, you know that as you say something scooped out in the ocean. It's all one kind of fish. Why, why does just one kind of fish get sucked up into the whirlpool into the the the, the, the sea tornado? You know, it doesn't make sense. Go ahead, switch it. Um, you know, his wife talked about how he would, uh, they, they were living in poverty for a while. He had an, an uncle that died and left a, uh, and left some money. So he was able to, uh, to do, uh, to write and uh, to kind of get by. He wasn't a wealthy man. Mm -hmm. His wife used to talk about how he would come back from the library with stacks of, of tales of sea monsters and mysterious fighters yeah. and poltergeists. Yeah, yeah. So this is something he did all the time. He actually collected, uh, was something like 40,000 separate incidents. Yep were covered in these boxes that eventually uh, came, it went, some of them went into the Book of the Damned. Um, now, it, uh, uh, actually, if, if I want to go back a little bit, uh, at 18, he was, uh, uh, he was, a, he was uh, doing a man's work. Uh, he smoked, he drank, yes. he gambled. Cool. Damon Knight suggests that he may have even consorted with fallen women. Wow. wow. Uh, Club, did you need me to explain that at all? Club. Well, you know, it was over my head until you started with that. Nope. Now I'm getting into it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I yeah. don't know what that means. Please Me neither. Explain Please it. explain it. Okay, we'll, just, we'll move along. We'll, we'll take it out and edit. Uh, <laughs> but he was kind of a wild kid, didn't want to be told what to do. Yes. He got home late one night, oh, no. and the door had glass on it. So he broke the glass out, out to get inside. Really? So he got punished by, he had to sleep downstairs with the servants. I don't know how wealthy his family was if they had servants, but uh, well, yeah, they wouldn't let him have breakfast with the family. Wow. And at one time, they're, somebody they're was serving cake. <laughs> so he goes to lunch for the cake, and there was a big fight. And anyway, eventually, he left home. He, uh, he, he went traveling and so forth. He contracted some kind of illness in, in, in South Africa uh -oh. and uh, <laughs> came back. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, get we're, that we're, not, we're, <laughs> we're not talking about consorting with women right now. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. And, uh, and he, the woman that uh, uh, brought him back to health, yes. he married. Interesting. He married yes. his nurse. Yes. Wow. Now, the thing is that uh, 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 Dresser went to his publisher and he told him, he said, uh, you're going to have to, I want you to publish this book because yes. he's good friends with Ford. And he, the publisher looks at it, he reads it and says, I can't publish this, I'm going to lose money. He says, well, if you don't publish it, you've lost me. So he had that kind of clout. Wow. So they published it. And actually, it was pretty well received. The critics liked it yes. and, and so forth. But Fort, again, had, had this, uh, I don't know, this this complex where, where he couldn't have success or whatever. Yes. He thought that, uh, that sales were kind of slow, but he thought that, oh, you know, he, he was a failure. So he and his wife went to London. Okay. And Good plan. For, for eight years, they stayed there. But he haunted the British Museum. He started, and he, the the work that he was doing there, the the material that he was uh, collecting, yes. eventually went into his later three books, which were, were published later on. Yes. So uh, he did he did receive a certain amount of notoriety. He must have had some alive. kind of he must have had some kind of money uh, switching. He's living in London for eight years. That's not cheap. Well, well, he was. Uh, uh, he was on this allowance from his uncle yeah, rich, rich for twenty-five dollars uh, a week. Now, in nineteen hundred, twenty-five dollars to today's dollars, yeah, according to the internet, yes. is eight hundred and twenty-nine dollars and seventy-seven cents a week. I'll take it, man. Yeah, that's a week. A week. Oh, I'm sorry. That is I'm, so I'm sorry. That was a month. Did I a, say month. A, week? Okay. a month. Okay, I'd still take it a month. Okay, a month. Yeah. You, you got to break it down to pounds, too. Then. Yeah. Go ahead, switch. Okay. Um, but anyway, he, it's very the, the, the things that he, uh, uh, he, he, like you say, he started this obsession about 1906 yes. and, and never stopped. Uh, and another another example he gives in his books is not too many years earlier, it was believed that uh, that meteors that that, that you know, these rocks did not fall from the sky yes. because they can't. Where would they come from? Right. Right. right so right. even even when they saw this thing streak through the sky and hit the ground, and they went up and examined it. It was all hot and molten or whatever. Yes. They said, well, it didn't fall from the sky. A lightning bolt struck the rock and heated it up. Really? So it took these, the scientific establishment came kicking and screaming uh, to finally uh, admit that, uh, that there's such a thing as a meteor, and then a meteorite when it hits the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, Two minutes. Two one, minutes. One, one interesting thing was uh, there was a uh, time uh, when – uh, he, he used to love to uh, give names to these things. With all the stuff that was falling out of the sky, yes. he talked about a super sargasso sea where these things are somehow collecting and then every once in a while fall. Even supposedly, even coffins have fallen out of the sky. Coffins? I, I don't know about that. But wow. anyway, uh, there was a tremendous fall of matter in Europe. In February 1903, covered a huge area, even out into the Atlantic. Matter. And people that examined this, it was kind of a sandy-like material. It was different colors depending on where it landed. Supposedly, some of the scientists said that it was partially organic, which oh. sounds really creepy. No, no, but, no. Uh, but he wrote about this. We passed in 1903 through the remains of a powdered world left over from an ancient interplanetary dispute. Hmm which is a pretty colorful way of trying to explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got one minute. So uh, can you still buy this guy's yes. books? Well, let me let me give you in the last minute, let me give you something that's really 
kind of interesting. Damon Knight yes. took that 40,000, you know, all the, well, he went through his books. Yes. You know, how, how Fort goes all over the place. He's, it, it's not uh, well organized. He, it's very conversational. Okay. So he went through, he, he cataloged, uh, cataloged all these incidents, put them on cards, and then he found out that he put it in different categories, things in the sky, things in space, right. and things on the earth, like poltergeist or whatever. They all peak at the same time. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. When is when is the time? Well, it's just that he, he put he put the chart out and he uh uh it was I think eighteen ninety was one when it really spiked. But every once in a while he didn't do the, the whole, you know, all all the years up to the present. Okay. But there was a period of years where uh, all these things that we think are all separate are all uh, increasing and peaking at a particular time. And imagine that. He's got uh, that. several charts like that, which is very interesting when you put the uh, all that together. Right. It's like a UFO, you know, ghosts, UFOs, monsters, cryptids, weird things happening, all peaking at the same time, almost as if they're on a timetable. I mean, he even said, wrote some things that uh, uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos of Ancient Aliens would love because he kind of— uh, actually predicted the ancient alien ideas yes. decades before uh, anybody else did. Von Dynakin. Well, Switchy, let's let's clap for Switchy as opposed to uh, saluting him, because I saluting him might call attention to his We hand. can do both, you know. Okay, right. I can okay. clap and salute at the same time. Ooh, right hand. We get the numbers of uh, emails about Switchy's hair, as it turns out. Um, so, look it, we get a few minutes left. Thank you, Switchy. My pleasure. Tales from the Fringe. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, John. I asked which. Uh, was that, what's this guy's education? Is he like a? Well, he, you know, he dropped out. He uh, he was just a self-taught man. He's a dropout. Really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. From Brooklyn. You'd be surprised how many self-taught engineers, architects, oh yeah, scientists. They really discovered some amazing and built amazing things. Listen, switch. It's an F O R T E or just the T. Well, you know, I'm a self-taught fringe reporter. See. Exactly. F-O-R-T. But this fellow's name, Charles Fort, is it? What an yes, A-O-M. Charles Fort. No, we Fortian, Fortiana or Fortian uh, researchers. Fortiana. Hey, listen, let me just thank you, Switch, and thank you, uh, Raven, for your report, and thank you, Jocko, for your weather slash war report. You're welcome, sir. We've got a few minutes left. I just want to uh, thank everyone uh, for writing to us lately, for asking for the bag of swag. I should remind everybody. That if you go to MacLearning.com and hit the contact button and give us your mailing address, we will send you a bag of swag. That's uh, two family pins, some decals, some um, buttons uh, that you can put on um, like your knapsack and stuff like that. And the all-time favorite, uh, the MacLearning Military X-Files bar coasters. Now, as it turns out, bar coasters are the most expensive thing of that whole little kind of bag of swag. To get you because they're good, they're good. They're not cheap, you know. They would probably absorb, you know, up to a dozen beers maybe before they have to throw them away. So I think I think Coco did some self analysis. Yeah, he did his right. Exactly. Yeah, and spread them all over New Hampshire. So anyway, yeah, just go to macmoney.com, hit the contact button, send us your mailing address, and we will send out a bag of swag to you. Too sweet, as the kids say. Um, Also, we should say that. we announced last week that um, the show is going to be heard on KGRA starting, um, I think, in two weeks at the end of January. We're looking forward to that. Aren't we? Switch. I'm going to throw it to you. We are absolutely looking forward to it. Very vocal audience. Very involved audience. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting a different kind of email, as it turns out, if the past is any, uh, you know, judge of it. 
We can handle it. Okay, I'll send them. Yeah, first to club, and then he can transfer them to you. Okay. No, no problem, Mac. Okay. I'll handle it. You okay. leave it to me. I'll take care. When I was on, yeah, I gotta, I gotta work with them first. Yes, let him. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> club. You give me the word. I'll do what has to let be done. Let him dunk them first. You're a good man. Thanks, Jocko. Thank you, sir. <laughs> when I was on KGRA with Rachel Hobbs, okay, all 650 pounds of him after his diet. At one point, oh, come on, that's I'm terrible. not kidding. You. Oh, man. After at, at one point, he was going to bankroll. I wanted to bankroll two witches from Australia to come over <laughs> and visit us in the United States. Okay, oh baby, yeah, uh, they were going to stay in the extra spare bedroom in his in his mother's basement. All right, were they going to turn lead to gold Stop or something yeah. for him? Yeah. They'll they probably never get out of there. Alive, but he he actually yeah he had he had done some kind of you know fundraising plan to bring two Australian witches over not to have them fly back just to have them fly over. Why don't they just take their brooms? That, that's you know, it doesn't work like that. We're we're no. not in Hogwarts. There you go. Come You're on. a good witch. I don't know what the bad Jojo. Jojo. they do. Educate. I saw the Wizard of Oz. She had a broom, the old lady. Here we go. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and um, to everyone for the, the reports tonight. Next week, I'm hoping that Coco and Cece will be back, and we'll be uh, put back together again, like um, if not the gingerbread man, uh, the egg that fell off the wall, right? Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty, yeah. yeah. You know, our appendages are missing. They're going to love to hear this show, both of them. They're the best. Okay. I think so. They, they missed a good time. Yes. I think we really delivered tonight. I, okay. Raven. Okay. I, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Maybe if we're not like Humpty Dumpty, we're like that anatomically incorrect man from Operation. I think that's a good way of describing us <laughs> okay. As, okay. as a group. Is that the game Minus Operation? You got all these parts. You just got to put them in right. Okay. So, Raven, to complete the analogy, how do we, you know how if you do it wrong, it buzzes? Yes. Uh-huh. Does it, does it, if we do something wrong, does it buzz then? Uh, uh, uh-huh. come back to me. Yes. Okay. I've been hearing that. <laughs> I've been hearing that buzz all my life. I'm going to say yes. <laughs> anyway. For that. Okay. Listen, it's time to wrap it up there, kids. So, um, uh, we should say Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is a uh, military funding organization that, um, uh, builds homes for uh, veterans, uh, post 9 11 veterans of the wars in Afghanistan and also Iraq. Uh, they build them the homes that it's easier for them to get around in. These are the, these are from veterans who may have lost limbs uh, over those years, and uh, you know, like low counter space stairs, easier to get up, things like that, more access, and so on. And then they just uh, give them the keys. They tear up the mortgage. They give them the house. And um, the statistics say that about eighty five percent of these people, once they just you know basically get have a house, they can start their families, stuff like that. They're successful in finding jobs and stuff like that. All you have to do is just give them this, you know, <clears throat> one thing. They deserve it. Our government should be the ones doing it, you know, but as it turns out, they don't. So Homes for Our Troops is the place to just Google them and uh, see all the good work they do. I think they've built 350 houses already, which to me is insane because these houses go for about five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000 each. Amazing. Great, great organization. Hmm. Yeah, see, there's someone doing something, at least. You know, you hear so many problems these days, and everyone's saying, well, the solution is this, and it never works. You know, yeah. but anyway, that's just my two cents. By the way, uh, this just, and I just saw Switchy kind of adjust his hairpiece. Did anyone see that? Two hours, 31 I saw, seconds. I, saw something there, but I, I, I 10 out of 10 yeah. did not no. see that. Okay. All right. He's touching himself all night. Oh, that's himself. what it is. Okay. <laughs> 
but I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> on that note, you are fresh. I, think little, I think the Velcro or snap must have popped. <laughs> yeah. just straight well, they, okay. when I perspire, when I get excited doing the fringe report, it, yes. it's the moisture loosens the double sided duct tape on and one side. It, it's worth it because it was an absolutely excellent report, sir. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, thank you. There you go. I think that even if you have a hair piece, which I don't think you do, I think you look system. fantastic. Wow. Oh, sorry. System. A hair system. Yeah. I'm take, so sorry. Take a hair that, system. Willie Club. System. Yeah, just because you get a compliment, Raven, you know, you be honest no, now. No, no, no. I get a, get I get a, a kickback every time I see really? Willie, yeah. if, 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 if Beauty products recommend you, you could probably get a deal in your system, too. Well, oh, whoa, okay. Oh, wow. If you want one, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> just throwing it out there. Wow. I got all mine, see? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, maybe that's a good idea there, uh, Club. Oh, yeah, you know, you and I will get the same system. We'll have no, a, I'm, I'm all natural myself. We'll have a race. I got okay. What you see is what you get. And hey, what'll be interesting <laughs> is is it's one of two things with Club, real quick, because it, we're always talking about what a dignified guy he looks like. Number one, if he grew his hair a little bit longer, kind of had that kind of, he could play like the Southern lawyer, like in, in on TV shows. You know what I mean? Just that that Bill kind of y'all type thing. You could do that. You could pull that off. Give him that and like the bolo tie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's put him at the killer Mockingbird. Yeah, there you go. Second, number two. Atticus Finch. Atticus Finch. Right. We'll, dub, we'll dub his words. Don't what worry about it. We get someone to do it, we'll dub it. He also looks like John Lithgow from uh, the Third Rock from the Sun. But hey, listen, how about if you shave yes. your head? Talk about Lex Luthor. Shave your head, baby. You'd look just like Lex Luthor. He's got a he's no? got a Kirk Douglas look going. Even Kirk too, Douglas, okay. Yeah, okay, well, that I killed the last that. two minutes of the show. Thank you, Club, yeah, for letting good. us point out. Thank you, Mac. Great to be here. Show. Thank you, uh, Jocko, for joining us. Really, really appreciate Spectacular it. Spectacular okay. time, Mac. See you soon. Okay. Go throw that New York Giants gear away. Burn it. All right. Never. Thank never. Uh, uh, fans about. Never give up. Switchy, thank you very much for enlightening and entertaining us. Okay. My pleasure. Great okay. to be here. He's getting a little Greg Allman looking. No, uh, Dwayne Allman looking a little bit now as the beard is growing a little bit longer. He has that kind of Dwayne Allman look, no? Whoever uh, he is, he's the best. I don't think that's I know a bad is, thing. He's going for something. Every morning I eat breakfast, I think about him. Whoa. <laughs> right? Wow. I'm like, what is Switchy eating? Oh. <laughs> Probably not these Cheerios. Okay, and uh, saving the best of last, Raven, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and for adding the strawberries and balloons. Thank you. And uh, tonight, just real quick, you had let's, uh, one, last, one last plug. The beer, you, the raspberry beer was? Yes, uh, beer tree. Beer tree. Beer with roots. With it roots. was the raspberry gym. And- Excellent. Okay, and then you topped that off with? And I topped that off with Southern Tier Brewing Company, eight days a week. Eight days a week. We're figuring out why the Beatles Apple doesn't sue these people. But anyway, that's also supposed to be really good. You want me to plug the lemon cello? Go ahead. Go right ahead, Dan. I I can't even pronounce the name of what I'm drinking right now. Go ahead. But the one that is in Italian, (laughs) the one that is the best, won awards all over the place, Stock, S-T-O-C-K, imported directly from Sicily. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's the Sicilian lemons, baby. It's what makes it good. If I went down the north end of Boston, I could probably get a bottle or two of that. I'm just kind of guessing. I've ate I've ate there a few times now. Hmm, Restaurants yeah. they were just as good as Ex- grandma. Excellent food down there. So anyway, listen. Thank you everyone. Thank you, gang, for joining us tonight. Thanks for everyone uh, for writing in and sending us uh, um, you know requests for bags of swag and uh, for also providing us with a lot of uh, email. Someone sent uh, Raven a present the other day. 
I'm not going to tell her what it is, but I'm going to mail it to her soon. But it's another in indication that people are, are very involved in your life there, Raven. I mean, every little kind of, uh, you know, my new thing in your life, people seem to want to grab onto. You'll see when you get the present. You'll I'm know what I mean. so excited. <laughs> I don't have to see it first, Mac. No, no. Past, uh, no, I no. Yes, you'll. Yeah, yeah it's got to go by club. I don't know. You know I don't know. think so. Now that I think of it, maybe, you know, who knows? Okay. You usually have to put it in the synthesizer, you know. Yeah, let's see. What's it in a bat spectrometer? If it's a severed head, I'm going to be no, really no, disappointed. No, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> oh, Not, send it my way. From a real film. Yeah, <laughs> I'll send it to switch. Now they're fighting <laughs> over it. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. No, it's very nice. And then I also want to thank that prisoner, prisoner down in Texas who sent me a fan letter only because when he grew up in Texas before he did whatever he did to get him to go to the penitentiary, he lived, all innocent. He lived two doors down from um, a guy named Maloney. And he was wondering if we were related. Oh. Yes, right. So that's in the first paragraph. I've yet to read the uh, other nine par uh, nine pages in cursive. No, really beautiful. I'm sorry. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Right. I don't mean to interrupt you, but we used to ask all of these guys first when we locked them up. Yes. What did they say you did? <laughs> what did they say you did? <laughs> See, because we know they're all innocent. Yeah, they're all innocent. What did they say you did? That's cool. So anyway, on that note, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. And until next week, hopefully JJ and RCC will be back. Uh, this is Mac from the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>